Okay, so the word that I have for you today is about the power of the blood of Jesus. So I just want to pray, um, Lord Jesus, I ask that you speak through me, God, that whoever is listening right now will just receive a word that will give them life. In Jesus' name, I pray that, um, that you will reveal to us the power of your blood. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so... Um, so the blood of Jesus, why is it important? Well, it is the blood of Jesus that washes us. Okay, so when Jesus um, sort of gave communion, took communion with his disciples, however you want to say that, um, you know, the Last Supper before he was crucified, he, um, he broke the bread and he said, this is my body which was broken for you, which is broken for you. And this is my blood. He says, he says the blood of the New Testament or the New Covenant, New Testament, um, which is shed for you. So the blood of Jesus is what bought us out of the dominion of darkness and placed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Okay, so Ephesians say that in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness and the forgiveness of our sins. So let me just find that here. Um, Ephesians, I think it's Ephesians 1, verse, let's see, verse 8. Verse 7, it says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace, that He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Okay, so um, the blood of Jesus bought us. So because of what Adam and Eve did in the garden of partaking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, um, sin came into the world and death through sin. Okay, but Jesus came and he came to restore the world. He, he came to reconcile the world to himself. And so John 3 verse 16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, only begotten son, so that those who believe in him might not perish, but have everlasting life. So Jesus came to save the lost. He came, he died on the cross for us to set us free and to save us. Okay, so the blood of Jesus is powerful for salvation. So, um, so if we look, let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. Um, what did the law, uh, what did the blood of Jesus, you know, do? Why is the blood of Jesus so important? Well, we'll get there now. It says here in um, 1 Corinthians 15, I think it's close to the end of the chapter. Yeah, it says in verse 55, it says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so remember that um, death and sin came into the world because of what Adam and Eve did. So they partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which speaks of independence from God. Okay, and the, the law of Moses, which was given, which was a contract between the Israelites and God, 
um, was a codification of that law. So it, it brought it to full expression of this is what God requires, well, of them. But we were Gentiles, so um, we weren't even ever part of that uh, agreement. Um, we are blessed because of the promise that God gave to Abraham, where he said, in your seed, all the nations will be blessed. And so we partake of that blessing. Uh, we were never under the old covenant. But it's important that we understand this, that we would not try to apply the old covenant to our lives. And also it's good to know that we are not under that covenant, but the blood of Jesus came to buy us out of the, the fall of man, out of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Okay, and the law in itself excluded Gentiles too. So, um, so it said that Israel was God's people and the Gentiles not. But Jesus came to completely fulfill that. So the word says, um, there is now no Jew or Greek, slave or free. Uh, we are all one in Christ. So um, the Jews need to believe in Jesus, just like someone in South Africa needs to believe in Jesus. Um, so just like someone in America, an American needs to believe in Jesus. Everyone must now be saved um, through Jesus. So um, the Jews are not saved through the Jew Jewish religion. Jesus came to completely do away with the old. And then also um, the complete destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD was the fulfillment of that um, because they completely rejected the Messiah. They were completely, uh, they hardened their hearts or their hearts were hardened. They, um, they turned away from God. And um, they even crucified Jesus. Now, Jesus did pray, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And, uh, and then when the Holy Spirit was poured out, P Peter preached and he said, this Jesus whom you crucified. So he was speaking to the people who cru crucified Jesus or who at least um, willed it to happen. And 3,000 of them got saved. But they needed to receive Jesus to be saved. So, um, so Paul and um, the apostles, they went into the whole world, the known world at that time, and they preached the gospel to the Jews first because they were coming out of that covenant and for that covenant, covenant to be completely fulfilled and everything need, needed to happen. The Jews needed to hear the gospel, but they completely rejected it. And then, um, for example, at some point, Paul says, okay, now we turn to the Gentiles because the Jews rejected him. So the, uh, the Jewish religion um, isn't, isn't the way that, that anyone is getting saved right now. In fact, um, it is what, was, what actually stood against Jesus, that they persecuted Christianity. Um, so, and then that also was a part of, um, they, they so persecuted the Christians that, um, that Rome at some point turned against them. I think there were more factors involved, but, but they, they were the ones persecuting the Christians. So I um, just realized that it's not through the Jewish religion um, that, that, um, that people are saved. That is a, the Jewish religion. It is, um, it is the old covenant. It is dealt with. It's done away with. So it's, it, it's against Christ. Okay, um, there are good things in, in the like Old Testament for sure, 
um, but its fulfillment is found in Christ. So Christ completely fulfilled the law. So the rituals and the sacrifices and all of that, um, to apply it now is applying it out of the wrong spirit. And it's not what the Holy Spirit is ministering to us. Okay, so, um, so it's just so important to realize that everyone is saved by the preaching of the gospel. So God wants the Jews as, as a people to be saved. Um, but it's not through the Jewish religion. It is through Christianity. It's through uh, what Jesus did on the cross and them having faith in Jesus. Um, and so that there's, it's an important distinction because otherwise you end up with this weird mix of the law and natural lineages, uh, but where we are now new in Christ. So that doesn't, it's complete, um, complete opposite. So we just need to know that Jesus came to fulfill the law. So all this said, um, the sting of death is sin. So, so what death uses to minister death is sin. Okay, that's, that's where um, death finds its power, if I can say it like that. The power of sin is, is the law. Okay, when, let me say it better that um, death tries to exert its power through sin. Okay. The power of sin is the law. So um, sin uses the law to bring accusation and condemnation and temptation. So it brings darkness, it brings the temptation, uh, and then after the temptation, it brings accusation. Um, and if you fall for the temptation, it also brings accusation for the very thing it tempted you with. So that's, it's a whole cycle, and that's what the law does. That's why I just made this point. It's so important for us to not try to live under the law anymore as a means of righteousness, um, but to fully depend on God's grace, to, to really um, do away with the old and to step into the new. Okay, so it's so important. If you look at Galatians, he says, cost out. Um, the bondwoman and her child. So you're speaking ab ab about the natural lineage or the present Jerusalem also in, in Galatians 4, um, which, which would be referring to um, those who are in bondage who, who rely on natural lineage instead of the um, being born from above. Okay, so it's so important for us to to just, just um, get rid of legalism. The way we do that is by recognizing um, that we are bought out of the law. Now, this is, uh, this is the thing, is, is the thing that the law requires is blood. Okay, so this is where I want to go to Hebrews. And, and remember, I, I was saying, why is the blood of Jesus important? Well, um, the law demanded blood. Let me just see if I can find the verse here. Um, the law is, uh, no one could do it. So if you look at Romans 3, it says that for all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God, or by the law, no one will be justified. Okay, so no one can make it by the law, by their own righteousness. If they could, why would, would we need a Messiah? Okay, so then we wouldn't need a Messiah because then we could save ourselves. But we couldn't save ourselves. We needed a savior. Okay, so um, I think it's in Hebrews 9. So let me just find it here. 
so it speaks about the tabernacle hebrews in itself is just really awesome uh hebrews 9 really speaks about um about the tabernacle in the old testament where they had the holy of holies and the, the they had the holy place and the the most holy place and the high priest would enter once a year into the most holy place with the um, blood from the sacrifice and to, to place that blood on the mercy seat um, for, for the atonement of the people's sin. So that was the natural um, tabernacle that they have. But God had, um, there is something greater than that. That was just, that was the picture that Moses saw on the mountain uh, of the heavenly realities of the, the tabernacle. So um, in heaven, um, Jesus went in as our great high priest and he sprinkled um, his blood on the mercy seat and uh, to make atonement for the sins of the world. And so when we believe in Christ, that that becomes atonement for us and we are made righteous. Okay, so... Uh, Hebrews 9 verse 11 says, But when Christ came as a high priest of the good things that are now already here, and I think it says here, some manuscripts there's are to come, He went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. Remember, remember Ephesians 1 verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood. To redeem something is you have a coupon and you redeem it. It means that like um, you are bought with his blood. Okay. So the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. Okay, so that's the cleansing, uh, one of the cleansing rituals under the law. But you can do only an outward cleansing. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, Cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. Okay, so the blood of Jesus cleanses our consciences. Um, I think the Amplified says from dead works and lifeless observances. So from, um, from the works of the law, the awareness of the law, and then also the works of the flesh which are come out of the law because the um, the law if you walk according to the flesh now it is walking in dependency on self and that is what the law does okay in verse 15 it says for this reason christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. Okay, so under the first covenant, whatever you did would just be punished. You, you deserved hell. You deserved to die under the law. 
So that's why we cannot go under the law. We can't water it down and then say, oh, now I'm sort of making it. No, if you failed in one, you failed in them all and you needed a savior. And that's why Jesus um, came, uh, came and died for us. Okay, so let's see here in verse, um, in verse 18, it says, This is why even the first covenant was not put into effect without blood. Okay, so in the verses before that says that, uh, let's just read verse 16 too. In, case, in the case of a will, it is necessary to prove the death of the one who made it, because a will is in force only when someone has died. It takes effect while the one who, it it never takes effect while the one who made it is living okay so you see here that um the testament is something that we receive as a gift because someone died now jesus died for us so that we can inherit uh, everything um that is in him and, and in this new testament that he wants to give us and then he was raised from the dead and he poured out his spirit. He gave us the spirit so that we can know what has been freely given to us. And he, he helps us to receive what has been given. So the Holy Spirit is awesome. He's our helper. And I, I pray that you experience him right now. Okay, so um, so because the will is in force only when somebody has died, it never takes effect while the one who made it is living. Uh, obviously, Jesus is resurrected, but, so, uh, but he needed to die for that testament to become valid to us. Okay, so it says here in verse 18, this is why even the first covenant was not put into effect without blood. Okay, so um, that's the, the old, old covenant. Okay, so the Old Testament it says in verse 19, when Moses had proclaimed every command of the Lord to all the people, he took the blood of calves together with water, scarlet wool, and branches of hyssop and sprinkled the scroll and all the people. He said, This is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has commanded you to keep. In the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tabernacle and everything used in its ceremonies. Okay, so it was through blood that the, whole, the old covenant was inaugurated. Okay, in verse 22, it says, In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood and without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness okay so it says in verse 23 it was necessary then for the copies of the earthly things um, to be purified with these sacrifices but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these for christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one he entered into he entered heaven itself now to appear for us in God's presence. Okay, so that is what I said um, about the the tabernacle. Um, Jesus went into the most holy place, uh, into into heaven to shed his blood for us on the mercy seat. Okay, so um, so that is the significance of the blood. So under the law, nearly everything is cleansed by blood so the law expressed the the wrath that, that is it, it expressed wrath towards sin so that sin could be punished in the body of jesus and so that his blood 
could completely satisfy it. Um, so the blood of Jesus satisfies the demand of the law. So if we keep reading, it says that um, in verse 25, Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again. Um, the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise, Christ would have to suffer many times since the creation, or uh, I think the Amplify says the foundation of the world. But he has appeared once for all at the culmination of ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. So what does away with sin? The sacrifice of Jesus. Not our works, but faith in the blood of Jesus. And then our works will reflect righteousness. So we do works of faith. And, uh, and so, yes, we receive wisdom to choose certain things that will manifest life. But it is from the finished work of the cross that we do that. Okay, so, but he came to do away with sin. So that what dealt with sin, the sin nature, is the blood of Jesus. And what deals with works of the flesh also is the blood of Jesus and faith in the blood of Jesus. Okay, so... Um, so that was the power of, uh, of the blood of Jesus and what he came to do. Okay, so, um, so Jesus brought a perfect sacrifice and it met the standard. So he completely did away with the law, not by just ignoring it. Okay, so, um, so if you want to refer to a statement Jesus made that... that you know, not, not, not one letter of, this, of the law will, will pass away. That was in, ref, in, in context of him not just ignoring the law and now trying to establish something new. Jesus completely fulfilled the um, old covenant. He completely fulfilled the law. So he met the requirement of the law on man's side completely. And what that means is that that whole Old Testament is now obsolete. Okay, so it is dealt with now. And now a New Testament is inaugurated. So it's a contract that is fulfilled. So that doesn't have any value now. You can maybe refer to it and see that it is fulfilled. But it doesn't have any value. Um, in fact, if we try to apply the law now, um, in 2 Corinthians 3 says the veil lies... Uh, on our hearts and minds if we um, read the law okay so um, so it's just so important for us to not uh, to not try to use the law as a means of righteousness okay, so the law is referred to as the ministration of death engraved in letters written on stone because um, it says in verse 9 of 2 Corinthians 3 if the ministration ministry that brought condemnation was glorious. How much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? Okay, so the law brings condemnation, and condemnation um, kills. So and the um, sin uses the law to condemn and bring accusation. But there is no one who can condemn us before God. So we are we are not under the law if we believe and receive the blood of Jesus. But now we, we experience self-condemnation if we try to apply the law um, to, our, to our lives on earth, um, to our souls, to our trying to measure up to some standard. 
So we're not condemned, so it's a lie. But that self-condemnation um, and shame causes people to hide from the presence of God, like Adam and Eve hid from God in the garden uh, after they sinned. God doesn't want us to hide. He wants us to run to Him to receive mercy and grace, to receive the washing of the water of the Word, the cleansing of the Holy Spirit for our consciences, for our souls. Remember, when we believe, our, we are before God completely clean um, in spirit, but we are soul and body, and there is a progressive salvation that is happening, but it is out of a revelation of our identity in the spirit that we are um, we experience that cleansing because we are already clean so i hope this word blessed you it's it's simple that um that we are not under the law we are under grace and we need to we need to really establish that if you look at second corinthians 3 verse 15 it says even to this day when moses is read a veil covers their hearts but whenever anyone turns to the lord the veil is taken away now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing uh, glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So, um, so when we look to Jesus, the veil is taken away. Okay, so then we start to see in the Spirit. And uh, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That is why it's so important for us to see the picture of Jesus crucified. That is why communion is so powerful, because we are meditating on the body of Jesus that was broken and the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. So Jesus is Lord, but it also says here now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So we need to become aware of the Holy Spirit and have a relationship with Him. And, uh, and as we do that, the veil is removed. And the Spirit, the ministration of the Spirit is the New Testament. So what the Holy Spirit will minister to us is the forgiveness of sins. It is unconditional love. It is acceptance. And as we receive that, that washes our eyes so we see in the spirit so hearing that we are forgiven hearing about the blood of jesus meditating about the blood speaking about the blood singing about the blood um, is so powerful because we are meditating we are declaring the lord's death and it's what causes us to see in the spirit so i i, I pray for you right now that your eyes will see what jesus did for you on the cross I speak peace over you. I pray that the veil of the law would be removed from your life and that the revelation of righteousness by faith would be revealed to you. And lastly, if you haven't received Jesus in your life, uh, you need to, um, to be born again. You need to receive Jesus. Um, otherwise, you, this, this reality of the cleansing of the blood of Jesus is not yours yet. Even though he died for you, even from his side, forgiveness is extended. You still need to receive it for it to, to be applied to your life and, so, um, and for you to have eternal life with God. So I pray um, right now, if you, just, if you want to receive this, it's so easy, but God just honors our free will. So he just wants a yes from us uh, and faith to say, this is what Jesus did for me. 
And so you can pray with me. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive all of my sins. Wash me clean with your blood and make me to be born again. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and baptize me with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Bless you. Thank you for listening. Have an amazing day.